it wasn't that I was like, Shanti, you hate engineering. Why are you still in it? I loved it. I loved building big buildings. But what I found was that it was something missing. Like I had, there was a, there was a gap in between where my heart was and what I felt like I was doing every day. The world has never been changing more rapidly, dislocating the ways we work, learn, and live. On the Learning Future podcast, we discuss the knowledge, skills, and dispositions we all need for our learning future, exploring insights with world-class educators, researchers, policymakers, and leaders from across industries and across the world. Hi, and welcome to the Learning Future podcast. I'm your host, Luca Parry, and it's my absolute delight to be speaking today with Ashanti Branch. Ashanti Branch is an educator, advocate, and social entrepreneur who was raised by a single mother on welfare in Oakland, California, in the US. After studying engineering at California Polytechnic, he found his passion for teaching while tutoring struggling students. And in 2004, as a first-year teacher, Ashanti started the Ever Forward Club, Siempre Adelante in Spanish, to provide a support group for African-American and Latino males who were not achieving to the level of their potential. Branch is on a mission to change the way that students interact with their education and the way schools interact with their students. And 100% of the members of the Ever Forward Club have graduated high school. He's been featured in the Mask You Live In documentary, has had a fellowship at the Stanford D School, uh, part of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement and the Graduate Network. Ashanti has also launched the hashtag Million Mask Movement to connect people all over the world in a self-reflective experience that helps people visualize and realize, I am not alone. Ashanti, it's so good to be speaking with you. Good to see you, brother. Good to be with you too. And I'm so glad to be on this conversation. And yeah, I just, uh, it's been a long time. It's been, I mean, it's been two years. So it's I feel been, like so glad to be connected again. And a lot has happened. Uh, yes. And, you know, in our pre-chat, just so that everyone knows, I'm an enormous fan of Shanti's work. And I've learned a lot from you. And so, dude, it's just really great to hear where you're at with the work. Uh, how are you? And, you know, how you're powerfully contributing to the world. So, so take take us there now. What what's how are you doing in this crazy moment in which we find ourselves, and what's something that you've learnt as well recently? Well, first, thank you, thank you for this time, and I'm not sure what you've learned, but I'm glad that 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 the life I've been able to live is offering something of value. That's I think that's where I'm I'm finding myself right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Earlier today, I was having a talk with some men and I was, we were talking about self-love and like my own, like some amazing things are happening for my program right now. You know, I'm feeling like, man, I'm feeling this right now. Like some amazing things are happening. And I wonder sometimes for myself, like why it's never enough. Like we were just on national TV, like the Kelly Clarkson show, like, and so happy. I'm so happy. Hey, My mom is so happy. Yeah, I bet. And, and then, um, you know, I, you know, when you read the bio, I, I was at a presentation the other day and somebody read the bio and I was like, you know, if you only knew that I was yelling at somebody on the freeway today, you know, like <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know, like the, the bio is this, this highlight reel and yeah. I'm, I, see, I see the behind the scenes. And behind <laughs> the scenes... Like this desk, like what I've crafted for you, if you could see where I'm at, I've crafted this nice little rectangle in my little Zoom camera. Yeah. But if you look at my desk, it's to the left, it's to the right, disaster. <laughs> like my desk 
is a like it's almost like that cartoon uh, Dilbert where the person has like things stacked up on the both sides of them. It's almost like the only thing that you can see right now is mm-hmm. me, but I've carved it out for you really well, you nah, know. Um, but I th- you know, I think ultimately as I think about the big picture, you know, yeah. I believe that, you know, I'm still I still have breath in my lungs, you know. Mm. And um, I get to get up every day and doing what I think I was born to do. Um, and in this season, that feels good. And um, I, feel, I feel privileged to have the opportunity to do the work that I feel like I'm, like I, my life was living up to being what I was happening today. It's kind of like that movie Slumdog Millionaire, right? Where <laughs> all the answers to the, his questions were like things he experienced. And yeah. as, I'm, as I'm hitting life and even thing, things are trouble, was, you know, challenging. But man, I've been through that. I've been through that. I've been through that. And I feel like I can get I can get through this if I'm supposed to get through it. And um, yeah, that's what I feel right now. That's what I, that's, how, that's how I'm feeling right now. And what was the second part of that question? Like, what's, well, something you've learned recently, but that's, oh, that's all part of it. Oh yeah, I think I'm. What I've learned is that um, <laughs> it's like a funny answer. Like, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> like I got a lot to learn. I, I was about to make a post the other day on LinkedIn, and I, I said, like, I was like, oh, why am I? I just posted like a, you know yesterday. I shouldn't be posting again. And because I'm doing a lot of the posting, I think I'm posting a lot. But technically, after 25 minutes, all my everything I posted is buried. So technically, if I was actually if I knew the 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 math around this algorithm, I'd be posting several <laughs> times a day. But if I post more than once, I'm like. Oh, this is you doing too much, Ashanti. And I remember, I just recognized that Ashanti, you are, you are telling yourself a message, that a story that you made up in your head that you're posting too much, that you're 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 sharing too much information, that you're bragging. No one's told, and even if someone told you that, you know where your heart is. And so I mm-hmm. think I've learned, and this is just still like a couple of days old, right? Yeah, sure. That um, that I need to begin going from my heart. And get out of my head because then my head gets in the way and it blocks me from doing what I think is maybe the right move, you know. Um, and so I'm just really trying to listen more to my heart, and I'm learning that if I do that, that anyone can say whatever they want, and I know that it came from the right place, and that's yeah. uh, that's what I'm that's what I've learned. That's what I'm still learning. It requires me to keep learning it every day, but it's just it's beautiful, brother. I I, I really feel the, you know. The idea of knowing that we have so much more to learn, I think is like when I look at people that I look up to, uh, it's people that understand that. Like that's what wisdom is. Uh, true wisdom is knowing the journey, you know, as opposed to I've reached the destination. Um, and it's something that I've, you know, what I reflect on in the times that we've hung out in Australia and the US and yeah. it's just who you are as well as what you do and what you know. And the idea that it's actually like being the model, being the example, yeah. being the yeah. change, right? Yeah. As opposed to yeah. let's just talk about it. And I just, I'm so continually inspired by that contribution that you make. So I'd love you to share with us like that journey because the Ever Forward Club yeah. is, as you said, the slum million, like all the questions <laughs> have been, like it's your lived experience as well, which is why yeah. it's so powerful. And like, I'm just going to be honest, like as men globally right now, we have to take collective responsibility um, in a way where we're called in 
to that element of be like, what does it mean to be a man in 2021? To yeah. be a young man, to be a teenager, you know, where you've got hormones flying all over the place. I mean, we do an incredible disservice unless we meet young, you know, boys and young men where they are and help to bring them into what it means to be someone that's emotionally attuned, that, you know, understands like what what modern masculinity has to be. Yeah. 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 Man. I mean, everything you just said is just, is, is just, there's so many pieces in that that I, I want to touch on, but I, yeah, I'm not even sure where to start. I'm not mm. even sure where to start. Tell, tell me the tell me the question again. Well, uh, uh, Shanti, I'll, say, words. I'll say this, man. Yeah. Like one thing about, yeah. one thing I really value about you is how even just in our conversation so far, you're like, yeah, I've got I've got this fancy background that only I can see because most people listen to this as a podcast. You know, I got the shirts, I got the branding, and you're like, but my desk, my desk is a disaster. And that's the piece around being like fully human. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like yeah, that's yeah. the vulnerability. It's like saying, I'm going to show you behind the mask. And so let's start with the mask because some people yeah. won't know what that means. That's right. That's and right. you know, and we were saying just before in our chat, like. Yeah. It's just about realizing that we all carry these things and being able to take that off and just show yeah. who we really are is not just a gift for others, but it's a gift for ourselves. Yeah. And, and, I, and I was so think uh, the reason I kind of lost track of what I was going to say is because I was just really taking in your words and, and, uh, and appreciating that. And here, here's what I, I know. Um, Ever Forward um, was not um, Ever Ashanti's plan. Because Ashanti's plan was to be rich. Now, if you have a desire to be rich, you don't start a nonprofit. It just it just almost sounds like something is something's wrong with your vocabulary, right? Because if you start a nonprofit thinking you're gonna get rich, you must understand profits very differently. So here's what I'm clear about. Ashanti Branch went to school to be an engineer so I could be rich because they told me that if you're good at math and you want to make a lot of money, you should be an engineer. I was like, mm. sign me up. What do engineers do? I didn't even know what engineers did when I first learned about being engineering. I just knew that if you're good at math, you want to make a lot of money, that's a good job to go get. So I went after the one that made the most sense. I like big buildings and skyscrapers. I want to do civil engineering. Great. And then I start working and I realized, oh man, this is, this is beautiful. I get to work on these big projects, but man, I'm just looking, I'm just looking for the weekends. I'm yeah. living for happy hour. Happy ever after the, for me was Friday at 5 p.m. And, and Sunday around 7 p.m., happiness started fading. And I's like, okay, I'm back to work. Now, the, the, here's a challenge. I love my work. Like, mm. I didn't hate engineering. It wasn't that I was like, Shanti, you hate engineering. Why are you still in it? I loved it. I love building big buildings. But what I found was that it was something missing. Like, I had, there, was a, there was a gap in between where my heart was and what I felt like I was doing every day. Like, okay, I could do this work. Oh, man, I know the engineering. I know the science. I know the, the scheduling. I know the procurement. I know the, the internal materials, external steel design, concrete. No problem. But what is it when you come home from work and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to. There's some video games. I may do some work at home or whatever, but I didn't feel like overall my my work was uh, helping the world, mm. helping my even. Let's say my community. Yeah. <laughs> let's say my community. Let's say like let's say I wasn't even thinking about the whole world. I was thinking about my community, and I realized that what was what was missing was that this thing of purpose. Like what my life has meaning. Like when I mm -hmm. built a building and it was over, they had a little party, they gave you a T-shirt, and like okay, move to the next project. But when I when education started calling me. There were lives that had my attention, like from the time I got up to the time I finally fell asleep. There were lives. And I think that it was like because 
I wanted to be of service. Wow. I think that I, I, if, if I if it was up to me, I wouldn't have worried about anybody else. I was just worried about the big check and I would have kept chasing money. And I chased money for five years. Hmm. And it wasn't until I started tutoring at that learning center where some kid who showed up late coming in class, everyone's like greeting him like Norm from Cheers. He's like walking around like the mayor of the math program. And I'm like, dude, you, you're 40 minutes late. Sit, your, sit yourself down. Now, I'm not, even teach, I'm not even there to teach. I'm just there tutoring on Saturday mornings. Like I remember him having a, a hold of my mind until the next week because I was like, what am I going to do if he shows up late? Okay, I'm, I was strategizing. I was plotting on like how I was going to like engage that young man or if not engage him, definitely create a shakeup in the way he thought the class was going to run, you know? Yeah. And that's when, they, that's when the fire came. I'm like, I'm thinking about this kid all week. I met him for an hour and a half and he's been on my mind the whole week. Why? Because the fire was coming on. And so when I became a teacher, like I went back to school to become a teacher. Nice. Um, I was I saw these smart young men in my classes who were like they were not they were not doing well. Some of them were doing OK academically, but socially just disconnected. Some of them were amazing athletes, but in the classroom and not taking care of business. Some of them were like doing amazing, young, kind people, but just academically not even trying or not even putting the effort. And I saw all different types of students and I'm like, why am I missing them? Like, I care about them. I'm, I'm not here for this money. I was clear that it wasn't a money decision I made. It was a heart decision. And I was not going to let you fail my class. So the, so my push, my fire, the ever forward started because I was like, look, you can't fail my class. And if you fail it, it's because you chose to fail it. Like, mm. I'm not passing nobody just to pass them. But if you but I'll do whatever it takes. I'll stay late. I'll come early. I'll give, I'll, I have food in my classroom. You're hungry. Come in my classroom and get food. Whatever you need, I'll do to support you. And what I realized that there was so much more in, in the way. And so this idea of this mask, I didn't even think about it back then, but I was actually starting to learn about the mask back then because I'm like, look, um, I told the young man who I invited the first meeting, I said, I'll buy you lunch once a week. Like in exchange for lunch, teach me how to be a better teacher. Like, what am wow. I doing wrong? Because I think you're smart and I, I think I'm smart. So why are two smart people creating failure? Because you're failing my class like, and, you're, and you're too smart to be failing my class. But here's what I had forgotten. I forgot it was like for me in middle school when smart wasn't cool. Yeah. Because if you're not in a community where smart is cool and you need to be cool, then you're not going to show people how smart you are. Definitely not book smart. You may be... Uh, sports smart, you may be uh, car smart, you may be um, you know girl smart, you but but you're not gonna be algebra smart. Mm. You ain't gonna be social science smart, biology smart. Good luck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I knew that from experience, but it, mm. but because I had a teacher had changed my life in middle school, my last year in middle school, that's when my I got together. So I was on track. So I hung around with people. My, my friends were some, you know, they were knuckleheads sometimes, but I knew what my mission was. I was going to college. So, hey, when I'm in class, hey, I ain't got time for you. Mm. <laughs> and I had, had rules around my own understanding. And I think if you don't have any rules and you don't have any boundaries, then no one has anything to respect around you. Right. So I, I say all that just to say, because I didn't. What I, what I was creating for those young men is kind of what I wish that I had. I had no mentoring program in high school. Yeah, I just kind of kind of figured it out, bumped up against a bunch of walls and bumped up my head up against a bunch of experiences that were probably not the best. But I realized that I was on my way to college. And um, and now I look back and as you know, we when we talk about these masks, we're talking about what what these students were letting me see on the outside. Right. 
Mm. They were they were cool. Like they they were they were tough. Mm. They were like not gonna back down, especially not from no not especially not from me, you know. And and at my school, I was the only black male teacher, right? I mean, there was only one other black teacher, but also like if, if you wanna show how tough you are at that school, you, you know who you battle? You battle either a football coach, somebody, because you're gonna tell people I ain't backing that from nobody, or you battle branch. Right. Because <laughs> that because right. there's I mean, everyone else is, is like, you know, 90 percent women on the staff. Yeah. So, you know, who cares if you're yelling at a I mean, who not who cares? I, I think it's bad. But this is like this idea of identity. I'm trying I'm, I'm, sure. I'm thinking from two different perspectives. I'm yeah, thinking from yeah. a teenage perspective where you're trying to hold space for yourself and craft for yourself a narrative. And I'm speaking from a teacher perspective where I'm watching this happen. and I'm like, oh, I know what you're trying to do. Mm. And, I, and, I, and because I had been there, I, I've been I've been a good student. Like a three point high nine student, and I've been a one point eight seven five student, and the only way you can get a one point eight seven five are a bunch of D's and one B in algebra. That's how it happens. It's like a, it's like almost a something's wrong with that report card, right? And I say all that to say because I've been on both sides, and now as an become when I became an educator, when I became an administrator, yeah. um, I, I I took it very personal. I took it personal if if a student wasn't given their best, because I'm like, dude, you got an opportunity in front of you. Why are you wasting it? You know, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm, going, I'm all over the place right now. No, that's I'm so good. excited. Alexandre, that's I so, it's so good, bro. Like this idea, there's this great line that I say, I reflect on it basically every day. And it's, mm. it's consciousness is the first step towards emancipation. Like awareness is critical for liberation. If we don't know about it, we can't change it. We can't transform if it's hidden or if it's mm. systemic and no one, you know, like, the grammar of schooling versus the language of learning, for example, which yeah. is, you know, a great, a great reflection that Santiago, who's another guest on this podcast, talks to. So, but this idea then of the mask and actually saying yeah. this is what a mask is, and that yeah. being such a helpful kind of you know aspect that a young person can get their head around, going, oh, cool, I get it, like yeah. oh, and I, and it's just a it's a reflective experience. Right, yeah. and it's like self, no, like know thyself. It's like, oh wait, like who am I being? Like that's a powerful question. On the outside, right? Yeah, like, on the outside. The, right? So the so the mask for those who who don't know yet. So um, we created a, this this activity called uh, a, a mask, and the idea of the mask is uh, you write, uh, you draw a picture um, of a mask, and and now this is twenty twenty one, right? So anytime somebody says mask. Most people around the world thinking about personal protection masks, N95, <laughs> something true. to keep, something to keep you know yourself protected from people around you. But a year ago, two years ago, okay, a mask was like a Halloween, a costume, ceremonial. Like there was all. So now, when we look at our mask collection, we probably get more, probably get fifty percent of people drawing different fancy personal protection masks that are uh-huh. absolutely hilarious, almost hilarious. But so when you draw this mask. You write on the front three things that you gladly let the world see. Three, wor- three words or phrases that are qualities or characteristics that you gladly let the world see. And when you think about the back of the mask, those are the things you normally don't talk about, things you normally don't let people see. And that's how the activity really started. It started with this in the documentary, The Mask You Live In. Um, and I have a mask here I'm going to show you. I'll explain it to the people who can't see it. But I want to. Uh, the reason I want to tell you this is, and this one is one that is probably – Still, one of the most impactful masks that I've seen. Uh, no, I won't say it like that way. Um, it is still a mask that grips my heart when I see it. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah, um, cool. So uh, you can see it, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, so on the front of this picture, there's a picture of a big circle with a face and some interesting eyes and uh, a big smile. And on the front, I'm going to let you read the words. The front one says, happy. You see the word there? Happy. Yeah. happy and then smart. Smart. And caring. Caring. And outgoing. And outgoing. That's the front. If you look at the front of this mask, you can see actually that there are words bleeding through from the back. So we're going to turn it over so you can actually see the back. But there are words, the person who wrote the words on the back, it, it was a, a pretty dark marker so they can see them. Now I'm going to turn it over and you can just, I'm going to let you just read what the word the back says. Okay, you ready? Oh, wow. Anger, 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 anger. Like a long line. I'm thinking like, 20 like angers. 19. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Eighteen, 18 times this student wrote anger wow. in the back. Like when I saw this, like it gripped me. <laughs> like you like if what what if you lived in a place where your anger people couldn't handle it? So therefore you had to bottle it up. And so therefore all you can show is I'm smart, caring, happy, and outgoing. And then what do you do with all the anger? Well, you hope that it stays behind that wall, that reservoir. But we, if you've ever seen a, a dam holding up water, we know that, hey, that's what it's designed to do. It got enough strength to hold up the water until, well, there's too much water. Yeah. And when there's too much water, you're going to have water flowing over. And so what happens when anger, there's nothing else to hold it back? What if you've, yeah. you've all the resistance that you've created in your life, had, there's no more room. And now it's spilling out. You know what it's going to spill out at? It's going to spill out at least resistance. You know where it's, the, the dam would, would hold, the water was going to go right over the top. Mm. And you know where it's going to come over the top at? To your family, to your friends, to the people who love you the most. Mm. At the most unopportune time, it's going to show up because you, know, you can't even stop it anymore. Yeah. And now people are like, dude, you were so nice and smart and happy and caring and outgoing. What's going on with you now? And you don't even have words for it because you, you're mm -hmm. a fool. And that's what we see with our young people. We don't see it just with young men. This is a young man in particular, but we, don't, we see it with all students and what we know and all, all people, forget just students, like adults. How many yeah. adults have you ever met? Or that You can tell something's going on more than what you're like. Oh, hmm. definitely. Yeah. You can see it. You can feel it sometimes. And they think that you can't notice it. They're like, I'm, sorry, well, I'm fine. <laughs> You're like, mm, well, all right. If you say so, <laughs> if if you say so, I I, I just gonna let you let you say it. But uh, the, the the image from the something outside is, is looking yeah. something's going on. You know, yeah, and that's that's our work. It's such a power. It's really a. I mean, that's that one example there, Shanti, um, from a young person. You know, and like how alone you can then force feel. Like that mask becomes kind of taped to you until, as you say, it overflows and you project onto others. You know, that anger can manifest in really horrific ways, particularly around, you know, self-harm, you know, yeah. even the really pointy end of suicidal ideation. Like all of that comes into this space. Right. So how do, we, how do we in society and in our schools, how do we respond to that? How do we, be, how do we create the space for that? I mean, I think it requires us first for the adults who are, have been somehow trained either with words or just by watching other people operate, that as teachers, we're supposed to be perfect. Mm. That we're supposed to be perfect <laughs> specimen of human and our job is to fix the broken students. 
And therefore, if, we're, if our job is to fix all the broken students who are just trying to figure it out, then our job is to never have any problems. And so what happens, uh, what, I, what I was taught by older teachers when I first started teaching is, hey, when you come to school, you put all of your problems in the glove compartment, and then you come into class, you don't have any problems. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back home, you go back to your car, pick up your problems again, then you can take your problems back with you. So there are teachers who were actually believe in this idea that I'm coming to school, I'm, I have no issues. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. And therefore, you're the ones with issues. My job is to help you fix your issues. And what ends up happening is that the divide between the adult and student gets more, much more than just adult and student. It gets to perfect human and broken human. Interesting. Right. And so therefore, you don't know anything. You're the child. Your job is to sit here and listen to me blabber on for an hour and a half, hopefully, and take it and regurgitate it back to me in two weeks, because then I'm going to make a a point based on how you well you give it back to me the way I gave it to you. And then what do we have? We have that that gap getting wider and wider because the students who are good at just regurgitating back what you told them. They're going to do well. And the kids who have any kind of thought process and wants to analyze and wants to question and wants to push back against the, the reality that doesn't sound like their reality, those students are going to be the troublemakers and they're going to be mm-hmm. causing problems. And those students are going to be the ones that are looked at as making the classroom not work and not safe for others. And I think that what ends up happening is the adults have forgotten that you're human too. Yeah. And if you don't come into a place recognizing that there's more to me than what you can see, and I'm not, my job is not to spill all my stuff on you, no, but it's to help you recognize that I'm human too. So when students would come to my class, it's definitely a lot of our young men who were looking for this, this, this force to bump up against. They'll be talking to me really ugly and mean. And I'm like, hey, 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 why are you talking to me like that? I, I've never disrespected you. I, I've never said anything negative to you. You may not like what I have to say, but I, I never say anything negative to you. I never called your name. Mm. And, and when that moment, like, you know, the ones that, you know, there's a dance between students, right? Some are like, they, they, you can see them see what you're saying is absolutely facts, right? But depending on how they need to keep an image up, there's a dance we have to make. So mm-hmm. I got to give them room to back out, right? So I'll, so I'll do a dance with them. I'm like, so here's what you do. I'm not sure what has happened that you felt like that yelling at me was okay, but I don't yell at you and I don't yell at people and I don't appreciate you yelling at me. So why don't you take a step outside and when you're ready to come back, then come back. And if you're not ready to come back, just stay out there because like, I'm not gonna come into your place yelling at you. So you can't just come in here yelling at me. So how about that, the way we, we reset this, we, let's reset right now. Mm. And sometimes sometimes I wasn't smart enough to give them an out. Sometimes yeah. I'll be like smack down, right? Like mm-hmm. freaking WWE in your face, right? Cause I, I'm also human and I'm <laughs> clear that sometimes my 17 year old self, he likes to show up every once in a while. You yeah. know, and he doesn't back yeah. down from nobody. <laughs> he could care less about some job. <laughs> he care about no job, 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 <laughs> career. What career? <laughs> you know what I'm saying like he pops out once in a while, and I'm like, oh goodness, he, mm. he he's that is like that, right? Yeah. Um, and I, and the students, what, what students began to know in that space with me was that I was going to speak truthful. And I was going to do the best I could. And if I made a mistake, I'm going to apologize. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that that was how my classroom worked. But it was about building that space. But when they mm-hmm. can recognize that you got to, that I know I'm wearing a mask. I know I'm here to be be on my best behavior at all times and never have any problems and always. But hey, my feelings get hurt too. So you said something that hurt my feelings. So I can either like lash out mm-hmm. or I can like be like, you know what? 
I, I don't really like how you're talking to me right there. And I don't like that, you know? And come from a place of like really care and understanding that you're going through something and you're mm. you're looking for a place to put it on, right? Yeah. And and I'm always having to check my stuff because make sure I'm not trying to put my stuff on you. Yeah. Right. And and so it's a dance between me being the educator, me and the, the mentor me, right? Yeah. Sometimes those come into conflict because I got work to do. I gotta get through this curriculum. I don't have time to be having no pep talks right now, but you know how often I was doing pep talks weekly, if not every other day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that it began to be the part of how my work began to grow. Do you know, Ashanti, it's, I, it, I just wonder about those moments, you know, and how in our lives as educators, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's a thousand of those moments a day, right? And teachers overwhelmingly hardworking, great people, caring people, yeah. all those pressures kind of come on and how, you know, that one, like being a stand for mm. a student, a learner, a young person, a young man, a mentee, yeah, you know that one moment for them can change their life, and yeah. yet, and yet for us it can be one of a thousand moments, you know. And it's uh, it's just really powerful to hear you reflect on, on how we do that, and of course then, how do we change the system around it, yeah. so that that's what educators do primarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the rest will work itself. You know, like that's. This is, mate, as you and I both are in this space of social emotional learning, right? It's like, oh, like it's social emotional academic on the same level yeah. of importance. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're at this juncture now where we can create more human systems, I think, and more human workplaces because that's actually mm -hmm. going to be, you know, in terms of your thing around profit, it's going to be more productive and more profitable actually to yeah. create the right type of cultures that get the best out of us and our best contributions. If we're, if we're sitting down in, I don't know, let's say, man, I, hope it's, I hope it's, you know, six months time, but let's <laughs> say it's 10 years down the track, you know, 2031, what's your hope for the future of learning in schools and in, mm. and in communities? Like what do you really hope we have achieved in our small way um, contributing to this space? Here's what I hope. I hope that educators, that the, the intense amount of hard work that educators do gets respected mm. more. I hope that as a society, we begin to recognize that, um, that no matter where continent that we find ourselves, that we, that we go to, that people are human that people are having the human experience, that people are navigating tough times with smiles and like and love and joy, that everybody who has a million dollars is not happy and everyone who lives in poverty is not sad, like that we have a place in our hearts that we can recognize that there's more to me than anybody can ever see by looking at me. Mm. Like that people would understand that I am enough, that I matter, like that parents would recognize that they can't solve all of the things that they went through for their kids, for them. That teachers would recognize that your work is to care as much about the subject that you're teaching as it is the subjects who you're teaching. Mm. 
that administrators wouldn't forget what it was like to be a teacher if they ever were, or that if what it was like to be a student if they can remember that far. Like, how do we make sure that we create systems that people can be seen and cared about? What if what if the alpha traits were caring and loving and kind and 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 gentle? Nice. What if what if those were added to what we could do? What if it wasn't rules around what masculinity or femininity was? What if it was just like I get to be me and the three and a half billion ways of being a person born in this body is different than all the three and a half billion ways of being in that body that we get to not judge people by what we think they should do what we think they should act like what we think they should like i think if we could do that and that's that's, that i mean it's a big hope right that's 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 like world changing stuff but here's what i know every time we make a mask with a young person man who gets it their life has changed And if their life has changed, then that means that not only their family's life gets changed, that their kids' life gets changed, that their kids' kids' life gets changed, that we can take generational change if we're just willing to let each person be seen. That's what I'm hoping for. And I think that I I was trying to find a, uh, I was was doing a text exchange with a young man uh, recently and um, he was hiding out, he was hiding from me. And um, and basically what the text said was, he was like, uh, you know, Hey, I don't want to, the reason I'm not texting you back because, you know, I'm going through a lot right now in my life and I'm a horrible person. And, um, you know, he said, you know, I want you in my life, but um, right now I just, I just think it'd be better because I don't want, I don't want you to feel bad about, about what I'm going through. And I'm like, he has decided that his best way of either protecting me was that he, he, he didn't let me answer that. But he told himself a message. And what I know when I read that over and over again is exactly the same thing I do, right? Like I tell myself a story about what other people are going to say because I've already posted once this week. I don't need to post another video this week. Who cares about what I have to say? I have over 150, probably close to 200 videos in my phone that I made. When I made them in the moment, I think it was great. And later, five minutes later, I'm like, nah, I'm not posting that. Now my hair is out of place. The background is all messed up. There's a person walking away over there. Like I have overthought all hundreds of those videos. Why? Because I told myself a story that yeah, wasn't even anywhere near a reality that anybody had ever said. It was mm-hmm. a story I made up. Mm-hmm. And I got that text from him. As much as I was so sad about that, I'm like, who, how many people are doing that? Yeah. Some people are not making a phone call to a person they really love because they're worried that that person, like they're making up a story in their own mind that causes them to operate. And so I say, that's my work. My work is to continue doing my own work. So when I talk to people about taking off their mask, I don't talk to it. I don't talk to them about it as a, as a theory. Yeah. I talk to them from a place of empathy as a person who knows that it's hard. And, um, and if they can't do it, I say, just do your, whatever your best is, is good enough. And so that's my work. And that's what I continue to keep working on every day. It, um, thank you, Ashanti. You know, it dawns, it's just so obvious that your hope is your work. It really is. Yeah. So thanks for being that example, you know, Man, uh, thank to you. generations of, of, of young people, but also just to all of us, because we've all got those stories. And, you know, imagine if we could change the stories we tell ourselves through using tools like the mask and realizing like we have to know that there is a story Mm -hmm. if we're going to do anything about that and realize, hey, where'd this story come from? And really unpack that so that we can powerfully be more human at a personal level of responsibility and also create the structures 
in our societies that enable that for every single person, be they students in a classroom, learners in a school, adult, you know, teachers, educators in a district, you know, whoever it is, policymakers, you know, parents, parents, yeah, everyone kind of doing doing work, the like good work in their communities, but also ensuring that that work is internal work as well. Self-knowledge, yeah. self-awareness, responsible decision-making, right. you know, the constructs that are the future of learning and the future of work anyway. And they're also the way we get to a better world, I think. Yeah. Ashanti, I, I, give us a take-home message. I mean, there's about a thousand take-home messages, but what's, um, what do you want to leave us with, mate? You know, as, as you know, you're on this journey and you're doing really profound work and still challenges. Yeah. What do we need to be? Yeah. What do you want to leave us with? I, um, I was, I was, um, there was some folks doing this design project with our organization and, and they said, you know, we heard from a lot of people that, you know, that Ashanti, that you're ever forward. Right. And that ever forward is like, without you, there's no ever forward. And I'm like, no, but that's not how it needs to be. Like, and I don't, I don't get flattered by that. I get actually more sad about that because mm. I don't do anything special. I ask questions and I listen. And then I ask more questions and then I listen again. I try and listen twice as much as I talk. And this time you gave me a lot of chance to talk, so I talked a lot. But like normally when I'm talking to or working with young people, like I want to be a listener. And that's, that's how Ever Forward works. It hasn't been because I've done I've got some magic questioning skill like and so i think sometimes when people say that i feel like it, it's a way to I, somehow like i'm able to be flattered by it but ultimately i'm like but you can do it too all you gotta do is put a question out and then be quiet <laughs> and then put another one out and then be quiet like can we just all just try to do that more because i think that if we do that and we and, and i say i say that just to say i want people to begin listening more you know, we, we live in a society right now where if you got one of these devices and I'm putting my phone in my hand, like you only really have to listen to the things that you want to listen to because all the algorithms are designed that it's going to formulate it to the stuff that you like to listen to. And therefore, every time you open it up, if you only hear the stuff you want to hear, anytime you hear a message that doesn't match it, you may turn off your earring, your hearing. Mm. And so when a young person comes to you, and this is connected to people who work with youth, so um, if a young person comes and tells you something that doesn't match what you think is reality, you may dismiss it or you may project that, oh, don't worry about that. I mean, yeah, like, that's so, not listening. There's so much I want to say, but I, let me, can I say this last thing? Can I just, we, in the mindset of like people thinking that they need something special to do this work, we created a game. Nice. We, we created this thing called Ever Forward Club, the card game. The, nice. It's called the adventure, the adventure. Oh, cool. I like it. It is. It's a bunch of questions. And you play with a group of people. And when it's your turn, you answer a question. And when it's not your turn, you be quiet, right? That's the, the magic of it, right? <laughs> so it's a practice of what we do in Ever Forward. And the questions are, are sometimes they're hard. Mm. And there's different places you go when you go to like different lands, like, you know, the, the sunrise, sunset. There's like, that's things that are starting and ending. There's like the uh, weathering the storm, uh, a difficult time in your life. There's the big boss where you got to hit the, there's some hard questions, right? Leap of faith. Like oh, somebody's going to, you're going to be asked some hard questions. And I think what I've been trying to do is to create something that, that leaves no room for people to say, well, it was, it was because it was because of him. Mm. I, I don't, yeah, man. I, I say, I say that just because there's so many young people who I'm not going to meet. Yeah. So many young people who, 
And for them to think that the only way they can find a way out through their through the things they're going through is somehow to meet an Ashanti branch or somebody else famous. Like I'm not famous, but like, why can't every person just be a person who's willing to listen a little bit more? And so I, I say all mm-hmm. that to say that was a long what I, what I want to leave to the world. But I guess I'm trying to create this tool that long after I'm gone, that somebody will be like, oh, there were some questions they used to ask people to really see if they were willing to open up. The activity that people do, you can, anybody who wants to make a mask, you can go to 100kmasks.com. You can make your mask online. It's digital now. It's anonymous. Um, what we see every time, we've collected over 50,000 masks from over wow. 25 countries. And um, we look forward to more people being a part of this movement. You know, We have a mm-hmm. goal of collecting a million masks, right? But it's not about the number million. It's mm-hmm. about every mask matters. Yeah. Like that mask I just read to you, this one young man. Like it, yeah. When people see this, they they can identify with it if they understand this idea of having anger built up inside. And so thank you for having me today, brother. I'm so thankful for you and I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation. It went really fast. I mean, I can't believe we already no, done thank, it. Look, thank, Ashanti, thank you for, mate, just sharing, sharing the work, but also doing the work. And dare I say it without being a bit too conceptual, like being the work, you know, really that's, that's the piece here. It's like the questions matter because they help us to discover who we are. Uh, and that that's only going to be good for us, our communities in the world. I really appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Learning Future podcast. To find out more about our work, drop into thelearningfuture.com and follow us at Learning Future on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Here's to building a world of thriving learners together.